Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? This is G. Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, and tonight I am joined by my buddy, Jason Ashworth. Uh, Jay, what's going on, buddy? Are you with me? It's just me. Is Jason through? <laughs> I will have Jason on in a second. Um, we got a lot to talk about tonight, especially in the world of Philadelphia sports. Um, obviously, you may or may not have heard the Flyers are through to the Cup, and uh, last we checked, they they had gone down two to. I'm sorry, they were up two to one on the Canadians, but the Canadians are starting to play better. And uh, it didn't matter. Flyers came out, put the clamps down, got them taken care of in five, which is. You know, ideally, you look across in the Western Conference, uh, and the Blackhawks took care of the uh, the Sharks pretty quickly. So you're thinking if this becomes a long, long drawn out series, uh, Flyers fans remember some of the ones they used to have with Toronto in the late '90s. Uh, they would just beat the crap out of each other for seven games, and then by the next series, the team was absolutely dead. Uh, and actually, we have G on with us now, Jay. No, G. How about Jay? You got Jay. Yeah, Jay's on. It's just a different, just a different continent. Okay, we we just lost G. I'll probably be back. Jay, what's happening, brother? Good. Not a whole lot. How you doing? But it's Friday, right? For the Friday of a long weekend, so uh, yeah, life is good. Is. We we get people started with their with their weekends over here. You know, yeah, fair enough. We're here for. Fair enough. We're here huh? What so better you, way to start your weekend? Listen yeah. to a little Voice America, huh? Exactly. Well, Mike and Jay on the horn. What do you say? <laughs> That's right. Let's do it. The um. We're just talking a little bit about, about the Flyers. Uh, obviously, they're in the Stanley Cup against the Blackhawks. And, Are they? I mean, you, you – yeah. It turned oh, out. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, you didn't hear about that. They just made it. Yeah, it's crazy. yeah, you know, I don't get cable television these days. I understand. I know. I didn't know you had a TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, you remember – I was kind of talking about – you remember the um, – and we have G, G, you back on now? Yeah, I'm right here, yeah. Hey, what's happening, G? How you doing? I'm good, man. We're just getting into a little flyers. Uh, this is a big deal. First cup in 13 years. You're going to hope they don't go out like they did in 97 when, you know, any Flyers fans remember. I mean, that was not just a sweep. It, I mean, every game was just a behind whooping. I mean, I remember watching these games. They're like 6-1, to 6-0. to nothing. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't even competitive. I don't think that's going to happen here. But uh, give the Flyers credit. This is a team that was left for dead all year. They were terrible. They were so bad they needed, you know, an overtime shootout against the Rangers on the last day of the season to even make it to the playoffs. You know, they take care of the Devils. Uh, they, they found a way to come back against the Bruins. And then they made quick work against the Canadians. Do these guys have any shot against the Blackhawks? I don't know if you go out and got a chance to watch any of the Western Conference games. I saw some of the Blackhawks and Sharks. These two phenomenal teams. I mean, this is not the Canadians. 
Do you think they have any chance to win this series? Well, you know, the thing is, uh, without a doubt, you know, that the uh, the Blackhawks are more talented, you know, and um, from a speed standpoint. But, you know, uh, nothing has proven out to be as it's supposed to be so far, you know, in these playoffs. So, you know, why should they win? Because really, if, uh, if I think as, as things get close, because the Blackhawks are uh, – the prohibitive uh, favorites that uh, the closer things are in each game and in the series, it's going to be more pressure on them than I think on the Flyers. So I, I definitely think there's a possibility they, they can upset them. And of course, you know, really, uh, Michael Layton has to play well. You know, the, their defensemen have to play well. They have to keep things close. And if they do that, I, I definitely think they can win it. Yeah, you know, Mike, I, I, to kind of play off what he's saying and what you're saying as well, you know, I'll start this first of all. I'm so tired of hearing, well, the Flyers barely got in the playoffs. The Flyers needed an overtime win to get in the playoffs. The reason I'm tired of that is not is not to say that they are you know didn't underachieve. Of course they did, but this team had the talent from the beginning of the season to be a two to be a two seed to be a three seed. They just they didn't play up to that level. Fair enough, but when, once they got to the playoffs, they started playing the way their lineup dictated they should have the whole year. So I want to get over the fact that. You know, oh, you know, this team made a run. No, that's how they should have played, okay? I didn't see them coming back from 3-0, so that's a testament to the fact that this team never gives up. But they're just playing the way that they uh, should have been playing the entire year. Now, don't give me all this jive about San Jose either because we all know San Jose plays well during the regular season and doesn't show up in the postseason. This just happens to be one of the first years that, all right, they made it to the conference finals. So I'm trying to figure out, did Chicago outplay them that much or did San Jose just be San Jose? San Jose had plenty of leads in that series that they just coughed right back up. So right. I think it was a mix of the talent of Chicago and San Jose just continually not being able to advance in the postseason uh, through sloppy play. Do the Flyers have a chance? You better, I bet the Flyers would say, yes, they have a chance. I mean, it's not that that's saying much. But <laughs> the Flyers, yeah, yeah, you bet the Flyers to say they have a chance. Oh, yeah, going out on a limb there, Big Bear. Um, the Flyers, as long as they, yeah, Leighton has to play big, but even bigger than that, they just need to play some defense in front of Leighton. Block shots. Uh, we've watched countless games, Michael, where I just say defense. Uh, Leighton will play big. Boucher will play big. It doesn't matter who's in net. As long as that defense is blocking pucks, keeping guys out of their view, uh, and doing the dirty work, then I think the goaltender will reap a lot of the benefits of that. And, and I kind of think, and that's what, what G had mentioned too, is that they need Leighton to play well. And I'm not sold on this guy yet. I know he's been playing relatively well, but I think that's been hyped up a little bit. Almost like Chris Osgood did for years in Detroit. Look at some of the guys he's got in front of him, and Jay, you mentioned it. They are blocking shots. My biggest mm-hmm. problem with Leighton, he, I know, I know he's, he's not Wah and Brodeur. He gives up some rebounds. And he's slow to respond. He's very he's slow a, after that first save. If he's out of position, he's slow to get between the pipes. But uh, and so a lot of second opportunities could be had, and that's why defense is so so critical. You need to clear the puck. One shot, and there's a board, clear it. Uh, and that's what the Flyers have been great at so far. Leighton's been the one who's been uh, reaping the reward. He is. And, gee, does that concern you for next year? Because we've seen this how many times where a Flyers goalie gets hot in the playoffs, whether it was Boucher the first time, um, now it's Leighton, whether it's Marty Biron, Roman Cechmonic. These guys get hot in the playoffs, and, boy, they finally found their goalie going into the next year, and it turns out the guy's just not that good. And to me, that's what Leighton has written all over him. He still concerns me, and now we're hearing that you know the Flyers would like to extend him and keep him. I know they don't have a ton of options, but gee, would you want to go with this guy as your starter into the season? Has he sold you enough? 
Well, I don't know that he has, uh, but, um, I, you know, I, I really, uh, other than uh, a number of goalies, I don't think there are a lot of goalies who are really stand out where you could say that they're consistent all the time. So I, I wouldn't get all worked up about it. I, I think uh, they just need to get hot, and, you know, you've got people playing well ar- uh, around them, and you can win a cup with that uh, because I think we've seen that. So if, if uh, give me the hot goalie. And I'm okay. So, you know, I, I don't think that there are a lot of guys that you can just say, you know, just at the mention of their name, you're going to get a great performance. So I don't think they have a lot of choice. I mean, where are you going to find a great goalie that you know is going to play well or, you know, you can be pretty sure that's going to play well all the time, you know, and he's going to always give you a chance to win a cup. I mean, I don't think there are a lot of them. Yeah, and, yeah, and you're kind of up the creek here in the fact that you almost have to re-sign him and he has to go back in as your starting goaltender because not only did it lead you to the Eastern Cup uh, and Eastern Finals Championship, but he got you to the Stanley Cup. If he goes ahead and wins the Stanley Cup and he had three shutouts in the Eastern Cup final, there's a reason that doesn't happen. And Yes, you always ride that hot goaltender, but please understand when I make this comparison because I'm only doing it to express, to express the point. When you had Tom Brady, you know, he went and he won your Super Bowl. Do you really think they were going to say, okay, next year, Tom, this isn't your team. We're giving it back to Bledsoe? No, you've got to ride it and let him him prove that he's not who you think he is. He he did it week in, week out, starting week three. You know, he came in week two after Mo Lewis took uh, Bledsoe out. Yeah, I understood, but you don't play seven-game series in the NFL. You don't come Uh, back. You, You don't have a chance. If he had one terrible game against Boston, just one, the Flyers are not in this position. Now, he gave up the three goals in Game 7 and then shut the door, period. Now, luckily, he had some offense to help him out, kind of bail him out. But if he had one bad game, the, the season is done. And then he did what he needed to do against one of the hottest teams in Montreal. And now, you know, he's got a chance to do it in the finals. So I don't think you – you can't take any of this away from Leighton. Um, and since you can't, you have to give him that starting nod next year. Those, those five holes, you don't think Patrick Kane right now is drooling over that five hole? Yeah, well, fantastic, Michael, but it's hockey, and every goaltender lets up goals. You think Brodeur never let up a five-hole? You think Hasek was always strong in his bar hand? They always never give won. up goals. The fact is you win at the end of the day, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, I it, mean it, it, you're going to give up goals. It's part of the position. And it's like a pitcher is going to give up home runs. It's part of the position. Now, a quarterback is going to throw interceptions. It's part of the position. You know, so you can't expect them to stop every shot. You just need to get the W at the end of the day. And that's what Leighton's been able to do. I know, true, but the softies are deflating. They're like, they're the whole team they're, they can't be deflating if you're winning the game. They're deflating when it's a 2-2 game and he lets up a softie with under a minute to go. That's deflating. That scares yeah. me. What's that? That scares me. That's what I, that, that kind of worries me about Leighton. And, again, I know, you know, maybe I'm being a little hard on him. I just, I just mm-hmm. see, you know, toes and uh, – and Kane and Sharp and he's. I don't know. We both see it, but I, I think there's a little bit of a pessimistic Philadelphia attitude coming out of you. Oh, I don't think that the the Blackhawks know. Uh, you know if you know uh, are they, they can't be totally sure what they're going to get uh, in goal. So. Sure. You know, I, I think you know it's it's uh, there's there's a chance. I mean, if the if the Flyers can score early and get ahead, you know, I I think there's a chance. You know that they can um, 
they can jump ahead in this series and still, you know, one of those games. But, uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, if, if, as long as Leighton continue continues to play well and he, has, he plays with his confidence and everything, I think that, you know, they, they've got a chance. I mean, uh, they just don't want to get totally outplayed where the guys around them are getting totally outplayed. I, I don't think he can carry them, and I don't right. think he's capable of, of playing uh, on that level, like maybe some of the better – goalies in the league who can, you know, just decide that, look, you know, they're, they're good enough that where their team's not even playing well and they still win. Correct. I agree. So, you make a great point. And one of the things you mentioned, Chicago's got uh, Antti in there. He's not exactly a sure thing either. And that, you know, the Flyers have their share of guns up front too. And, and he's going to be, he's going to be a, a problem also possibly for the Blackhawks, but uh, it's good. It really is. I think it's going to come down to goaltending. You know, we got to take a break. When we get back here, I think we need to look at it and find out if the Phillies are going to score again for the rest of the year. <laughs> this is G-Cobb and Al on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with G Cobb and J.A., Jason Ashworth. And we were talking a little Flyers. And if the Flyers, uh, if their goal scoring goes the route of the Phillies right now, they're going to get swept. 
because uh, this past weekend against the Mets, the Phillies got swept by the Mets, which is not a big deal. I mean, I know everyone's making a big Who cares? It's, it's, it's May. It's still May, right? Uh, I mean, it's so early. But the, the more troubling thing is, and we've been talking about this a lot on this show, when you look at the Phillies and all the concerns we had heading into the season, you say, what, what's Cole Hamill going to give you? Can Lidge come back? They shook up the bullpen. Is the bullpen going to be any good? Nowhere did anyone ever discuss the possibility that the lineup could go in the tank. Now, personally, I think, I think you just have some guys that are a little bit cold, uh, and it kind of all happened together. Uh, I don't know. And especially with a lineup this good, you just don't see things like that because, you know, Howard slumps, well, Utley and, and Worth pick him up or whoever. Uh, now, also, uh, Polanco and Worth got a seat tonight. They're in a rain delay right now in Florida against the Marlins. But I don't know if you saw that uh, Charlie Manuel is going to sit Worth and Polanco. I don't know that that's going to help a ton, but I guess he feels like Worth is pressing at the plate. Uh, I think one of the stats uh, that I heard in, in Game 3 of the Mets series, I think they had two extra base hits the whole series. I mean, if you look back, if they didn't get those meaningless runs and how they started on Sunday, they got blanked the night before. This team is just not scoring runs. I personally don't think it's time to panic because, I, I, I mean, come on, you're going to tell me this lineup plays like this for the – but they've actually gotten some decent starting pitching. Hamels, last, he, Hamels was good enough to win that game. As much crap as we give him, he was good enough, and he's put some really good starts together. Gee, are you concerned at all about this lineup, or is it something that's just going it, to work itself out as the season goes? You know, I, I, I think it'll work itself out. Uh, I mean, I'm astonished like everybody else about the fact that you can, you know, take. We lose Jake. Yeah, I think we did. I'll pick up where he's uh, where he left off. Am I concerned? No. Personally, is there room for concern? Yes. Let me explain. Yeah. Am I concerned? Too. No. Because the simple reason is we're entering June here, and this this is just how the lineup works. Uh, almost every year they go through a slump like this. Granted, they've never necessarily gotten swept in a series where they didn't score a run. Fair enough. But if you want to kind of pinpoint a time that this happened, it was Game Two against Boston when Jimmy Rollins went down. The offense started fluttering at that point uh, for the fact that, you know, Rollins goes back down and then one guy presses and the next guy tries to pick him up and maybe he's pressing because now he's trying to pick up the guy in front of him and it just becomes a chain reaction. That's pretty much the way this offense is built in the fact that when one guy's hot, it motivates the next guy and he gets hot and then the next guy gets hot. When one guy struggles, they may press a little too much to pick up the guy ahead of them and it just becomes a, uh, a chain of events. So I'm not worried about it. What I am. Now, I don't, I don't know about. if I, follow, I, I see what you're saying, Jay. But if this lineup was like, if the crux of the lineup was like, let's say three guys, I'd buy into that a little more. And I understand what you're saying about Rollins. He's very important. Like he's hitting like 340 when he's been healthy this year. He's I'm playing just saying very that's well. when the pressing started. That's when the offense started pressing. And if you've ever played a, a sport, especially baseball, if you press up at the plate, you're anxious yeah. up at the plate, or you're trying too hard, something it could be as something as simple as your elbow. If you if you're if your if your hands uh, aren't coming through, if your elbows a little too low, you could be popping the ball up and take you out of the ring. It's so many little things that go into uh, a plate appearance that if you're not uh, if you're not just relaxed and you're up, you know what they say, just swing the bat, just swing the bat. If you're up there pressing, uh, that makes that a little harder, especially at the professional level. Um, the reason I, I do 100%. have some. Go ahead. No, I'm saying I agree with that 100. percent Which is one of the reasons. Uh, you know, we love baseball so much is because it's not an effort sport. You can't wake up one day and say, man, but I'm going to go. Other than hustling on defense and the base pass, yeah. hustle doesn't really mean you can't try harder yeah. at the plate. Uh-uh. 
you know, if you try hard, it actually, actually it's, it's actually a negative effect. You I mean, try you to have, hit a home run, or you try to drive the ball. You try to. That's when you get into a funk. It is such a relax. It is such a keep your focus. Go up. I mean, this is what these guys do for a living. Just stay within yourself. That's what a coach will tell you. Just stay within yourself. Go up there and let the game come to you. Swing that bat nice and level the whole way through. See the ball. And that's, they're just not doing that right now. But the problem that I have with the whole thing that may concern me is fair enough. This is happening now. Where here we are, May entering June. I'm not worried about it. Because when a team can struggle the way they are and still be up two games or whatever they are in the East, it's not a problem. The problem is, what happens if this happens in September? What happens if this happens right in October? They're not manufacturing any runs. A team with the Phillies lineup should be able to take a game, and instead of losing 3 to nothing, they should be able to manufacture four runs. And I don't necessarily put that on the, on the lineup. I put that in Charlie. Show me that you can manufacture a run in this inning. Show me you can manufacture two, three runs throughout the course of the game. So when your lineup isn't swinging, you're not driving uh, balls to the gap, you're not rounding the bags, uh, then you can get some runs up on the board and get a win out of a, an outing like Cole Hamill's had last night. Uh, yeah, that's, that's I don't know if I can get Charlie, though, Jay. How can you not? <sighs> He's got the one swinging the bat, Jay. It doesn't matter. If, that's my point. It doesn't matter. If your team isn't swinging the bat well, well then you need, to, you need to change your philosophy. Maybe you bunt a runner over instead of allowing him to try and swing through on a 3-1, a 3-1 count. Why don't you try bunting him over? Get a runner in scoring position. So next time when you have the single, you don't have first and third. You have a run across the plate. It's that, that's where it becomes a thinking game. And as a manager, you need, I mean, that's what you are paid to do. It's not every day that you're a manager that has this lineup and you can just sit back and allow your bats to do the talking. There comes a time, and I'm not, I'm not killing Charlie here. I mean, it's, it's five games. I'm not killing him here. I'm just saying, if this was in October, if this is late September, show me you well, can manufacture some runs when your big bats aren't popping. Yeah, but if, if they go quiet like this in October, I don't, I don't, a manufactured run here or there is not going to get it done. Well, I think is you're it? incorrect. Because I don't know what you're talking about, but pitching. I mean, how many how many runs can you manufacture that way? If you could do it once an inning, you have nine runs. Well, okay, fair. All right, hold on. Let me let me let me quantify that then. I'm not saying that they can have the offense go completely cold the way it is right now with a championship. Agreed. But what I am saying though is if they do get into the post, you know, when they get in the postseason, if they do have three of the guys who's absolutely cold, or even a night where the lineup is as cold as it is, you can still win that game two to one. You could still even win that game one to nothing. If you get an out an outing from Cole Hamels where he only lets up to uh, you know, two earned runs, you can win that game and not have your bats pop it. That's where it becomes manufacturing some runs and every game is huge in the postseason. Whether you win it by ten or you manufacture runs to win by one. No, I agree and you know, the way the pitching has been, they really haven't asked a ton of the lineup. No. And, that, and that's the crazy thing. That's the crazy thing. They've been outing <laughs> When there are, this is the frustrating thing about the Phillies right now. When there are, when the Phillies bats are popping and they're smoking the ball, their pitchers are giving up six runs. <laughs> when the Phillies bats are quiet, the Phillies pitchers are giving up two runs. So it, it's kind of tough. They win the games when their pitchers are giving up a lot of runs, but when they actually need to come alive, at least it seems as recently, when they need to come alive, it seems the bats are coming up short. So. It's just that you know, they've just got to get it together. It's still early. That's why they play 162 games. I uh, I just kind of laugh at the, at everybody at the phone calls and the text messages I'm getting and the comments that I'm hearing about the about the Phillies. Just kind of laugh. Uh, they just need to be reminded. I said they need to be reminded they're not the Royals, and then move on. 
Yeah, that's all. This team is, you know, but but I I do think that they they do lose their focus, which I think all uh, baseball teams do because I, I think it's really the, the big thing is that they got to be focused in a certain way where you're not over anxious. You know, you can't yeah. you can't go in there where you 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 uh you're basically getting yourself out. If you, you know, swinging at balls if you're if you're, you're not in the into that groove where you are, uh, you know, you, you are in a sense of um, of urgency, but but not over urgent, you know. So you you got to be uh, comfortable, but you can't be, you know, where you uh, you're over anxious. And I I think you know that like you talked about with Jason Worth that that sometimes guys get to the point, you know, it happens with uh, with Ryan Howard and for that matter Chase Utley and all of them is that when they're swinging at balls, you know, they get themselves out, and uh, and they start struggling, and uh, you know. And I, I think that's the big thing is that um, I think the best team, like you see, with consistency and the Red Sox, is teams that. <laughs> did we lose G again? No, I think we did. I think. I mean, yeah, he's exactly right, though. Simply say, don't play it out. Once you start swinging at balls, you're pressing. You're trying to make too much happen. And the teams that are going to be the most successful, just the ones that let the game come to them, make the pitcher pitch to you rather than you bailing him out, uh, chasing outside, chasing in the dirt. You're just making the game easier for your opponent. Uh, and right now the Phillies are just pressing and making, making games easy. They've been swinging at bad pitches. But also, and this is the kind of thing, and this is one of the reasons that baseball is just such a, such a big puzzle. Uh, because even when they do get good wood on it, it's going right to the outfield. Mm-hmm. You guys aren't even moving. Mm-hmm. And it's part of it. That's part of it. If there's one thing, you know, when I used to play ball, well, Back in the day, the one thing if you're hitting it, hey, I'm the, I, you never you never look down on a guy that's putting good wood on it. That's going to fall. Eventually, that ball is going to find the gap. That ball is going to clear some heads. Just keep doing what you're doing. That's odd. sometimes when you're in a slump. That's the most frustrating when you do tag it, and it just seems like oh, you know, I couldn't hit the ball for the life of me. Now I finally tag one, and it's right there. And that's just part of being in a slump. A slump is not just simply about you know, unable to get on base or striking out or swinging at bad pitches. When you're in a slump, it's just a slump overall. And you may be tagging it, but it just seems like wherever you put it, it's an out. Um, but just keep swinging the bat, and as long as you're making good contact on it, that ball's going to fall. And, and I still think the bigger problem here is the bullpen. I mean, you know, even even I'm watching last night, you know, Cole Hamels, and you know, they're, they're battling, and it's toward – I've always been a believer, especially at the last five years, I've always said New York, Mets and Phillies games don't start till the seventh inning. I don't care what happens in the first six. Seven, eight, and nine are determined that game, and it usually holds true. But I'm watching, and I'm thinking, even if they get a couple runs, do you trust the bullpen in a close game at this point? No. Um, it's almost like the lineup has been bad, but it doesn't matter. They need eight runs. Mm-hmm. Two and three isn't going to do it, because I just don't trust this bullpen. I'm watching some of the guys they're sending out there. Like, oh, boy, this is – I don't see it as a championship bullpen. I know they're without Lidge. I know they're without Madsen. Uh, Contreras as a closer, you're gonna have to sell me on. I know he has a great ERA, but well, heck with that, he's got closer stuff. Uh, oh, regardless of his ERA, he's got he's got closer type velocity on his fastball. Um, he has the pitches to be a closer. I don't know if he has the mentality. So I don't know if anyone's gonna have to sell me as much as he's just gonna have to go out there and prove to the city that he can be a closer. All right, we, we got to take a break, Jay. We'll, we'll get back to more of this on the other side. Uh, this is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll see you in a minute. 
a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. We're back here on GCOB in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren along with Jason Ashworth. And we've been talking a little hockey, a little, little Phillies. If you've got something else you want to talk about, give us a shout, 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Give us a shout. We could talk about hockey or baseball or uh, Jay like Oh, come on. The guy is basically begging you to call him. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the Eagles are going through some more OTAs. And you know what? I get so confused anymore, too. The OTAs, it's mini camps, whatever. Oh, it's not. It's voluntary. It's not. You're supposed to be there. But yeah. um, so here's one of my concerns heading into the season, and, and I talked to G a little about this. Who He's been out at the practices and everything. Um, and he had mentioned that, obviously, Jamal Jackson, the starting center, is out to start the season. He went down with a nasty knee injury late in the year, which you could actually point to as one of the major reasons they had meltdowns against Dallas in the last two games. Uh, so obviously there's concerns at center position, but not only that, just who who's going to take his spot, you know, until he gets back. What he is when he gets back is a completely different discussion. But the Eagles are telling us that Nick Cole's their guy. Um, he filled in last year. Nick Cole physically can play the center position. He's better at guard though because and everything he can't make the calls at the line. 
I mean, it's like a quarterback that can't read a defense. You can't really live like that. So they said, well, Nick, Nick Cole's going to, you know, he'd be backing him up. He's taking his spot. But A.Q. Shipley and Mike McGlynn are taking the reps at center, at practices. Mike McGlynn was a fourth-round pick. I mean, even when they drafted him, he was a guard, a fourth-round pick. That everyone just said, yeah, he's, he's a guy. He's just a guy. He can, at best, he'll be a solid player. And that's fine. Not everyone's, you know, Larry Allen. Uh, so the Eagles aren't stupid. And you can't really trust what they say all the time. Their uh, uh, actions speak louder than words for sure. Now, if you're Kevin Cobb, this is your first, uh, first trip into a season when you are the guy. You're the guy. So you're telling me Nick Cole's the starting center, but he's not going to be taking reps with Cobb. It's going to be Shipley and, and McGlynn. Uh, I think that's a bunch of BS. Jay, do you buy it all that they're going to stay with Cole if he's not in there right now? And another problem that I want to get into is if they don't have stability on the interior of that line, there's guys by the names of Albert Hainsworth in the division, Jay Ratliff. If you start destroying the inside of a line, I don't care who you are. Did anyone see Brady in the Super Bowl against the Giants? He was yelling at his linemen, looking around like, who is blocking these guys? They were right up in the middle. Come right up the middle, get in somebody's kitchen. Now you've got a young quarterback in Kevin Cobb who's got to make the read, throw with somebody in his face, and he'll throw a little pick once in a while. We've seen that. And I think that's going to be kind of part of who he is. He's going to throw a pick here and there. Guess how bad it gets when you've got somebody coming up the middle in your face. Yeah, I mean, everyone talks about the weapons on the outside, Jay. Everyone talks about Macklin and Deshaun and Selleck and and Deshaun McCoy. Huh? You gotta get you gotta get the ball to them, don't you? That's my point. Is those guys are all great? This is this is one of the oddest years for me to see the Eagles not draft offensive line. Um, yeah, knowing that you had the question marks uh, in the in- interior offensive line, for them to just completely blow that spot off, it's, and especially with the presence in the NFC East of the names that you uh, that you just mentioned, I don't get it. Um, in terms of you know who's going to be your starting center, it's going to be Cole Shipley, Glenn. I, you know, you have at this point, you have to take their word for it that they're at least going to let Nick Cole um, get the reps. Uh, you'd have to think. Well, why isn't he now though? Well, because because it's OTAs, I think a lot of it is because it's OTAs, and it is. And you were saying in the beginning, it's kind of voluntary, you know, but not really. Well, they're viewing this as okay. Well, late we got these other guys. Let's see what we have. We already know what we have in Cole. We've already seen him play. We've already gotten some reps with him. Let's at least see what we got with these other guys. Because if we don't have to put Cole there, and we have somebody else that we can slot in there come mini camps, well, then maybe that's the direction they go. And I think they're just using these you know, three-day practice or whatever, um, these small incremental practices as just to kind of feel it out and see what they have. But until, you know, until we're August, until we're some preseason games and we see the nickel uh, for sure isn't under center, I think we have to take the word for it that he's at least going to start the season there. Oh, I, I hear what you're saying, but think of it this way. Andy Reid and this coaching staff, the front, they have everybody's, uh, all their schedules out. Down, to, I think... Andy Reid has his bathroom breaks for the day scheduled out. It's like it's down to that. Like down to every second they know they have. This, is it really worth um, okay. uh, spending well, any amount of time? Of not with, with, no, no, no. I, I see G, G, you're back on? Yeah, I'm back. I, I hear you guys talking about the center situation now. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't it con- does it concern you, G? Why Cole wouldn't be taking snap? Jay thinks that they're just, they're just trying to to do some different things, and that training camp will tell the no, real story. And, and to a degree, I agree. But 
No, it's not group. that. Uh, Nick Cole is not going to be the center for this team. I guarantee you that. Uh, hmm. See, the, the center position has got to be – you've got to have a cerebral guy. And I'm not calling Nick Cole a dumb man. I'm not doing that, okay? But I wouldn't say he's the brightest ball in, in the bag, okay? <laughs> and, 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 you know, not saying anything disparaging about him, and, and, you know, is that not everybody – can be thinking and play aggressive at the same time. And, and, and I don't think he's one of those type of guys that can do that. So, you know, the, the big thing that I think they're doing is they're looking at Mike McGlenn, they're looking at A.Q. Shipley, and I don't think I think if either one of those guys, if, if one of them doesn't pan out, you're going to see a veteran center in here because I think they've got to have it. They cannot have center problems with a young quarterback because a guy like uh, Kevin Cobb, and I've been out there all week looking at Kevin, the one thing you see about Kevin is he's going to need the other guys or, or he's not going to do it. You're not going to see any of the McNabb stuff where he's going to run around and make a play. That's not, you're not, that's not going to happen. If, if, the, if, the, if, the, uh, if the guys break down and nobody's open, that play is over. Okay? And, and I, I hope Kevin uh, makes him realize where he knows his strengths. He's not going to be running away from anybody in the NFL. And if the play breaks down, he needs to throw the ball away, throw it into the ground, or throw it in the stands. And they cannot afford a guy coming free up the middle. And the other thing they can't afford, this is what they got with Nick Cole. It's not that he couldn't block his guy. Is He's making the wrong call. He's got a guy coming free off the corner. And, you know, and, 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 you know we never heard anything about this, but, you know, uh, when Donovan McNabb said we showed our youth, I don't think he was talking about the receivers. He's talking about Nick Cole with the calls because they couldn't pick up the guys. And I talked to some of the, uh, a couple of the offensive linemen who told me that, that, hey, Nick can't make those calls. And it's something that's very important, you know, when, when you're talking about a, a center. Okay, that's actually a different scenario. I agree with you, Benji. I'm simply speaking to in terms of who they have on that roster. And the fact, what's that? You're kissing up to the host. What, no, what I'm saying, if you up, I'm talking about who's on the roster right now. Right. Saying they go, if they want to go out and add a veteran center, I mean, because you and I, Michael, were talking about veteran centers uh, that were out there a little while ago. Kevin Mawai. Right, Kevin Mawai. Exactly, Kevin Mawai. So that I'm okay with. That, if you're going to make that move, that's fine. I just, I'm a little curious as to if A.Q. Shipley or McGlynn can be that guy that Kevin Cobb would feel more comfortable with. And, gee, you would know better than I, uh, you know, because you're actually at the practices. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think anybody knows yet because, you know, they really haven't pushed them. You know, they don't have the equipment on. They're really not, you know, they're out there with the rookies, so things don't get complicated. See, right. it, it's when, it's when yeah. it gets to a situation I mean, where you're getting center, ready to play a team. Center, to be honest, if it, since they didn't address anything in the draft, um, yeah, veteran center to me is the way to go. But just based on this roster right now is, is what's drawing me to think they have to go. Uh, with Cole, at least, you know, at least they, the outset. They don't need a mauler there because, you know, we know they're not going to run the ball but so much. Mm-hmm. They need a guy that can pass block and can make the call. So they, mm-hmm. you know, so a veteran guy, they should be able to find somebody that's uh, a decent uh, guy to step in there uh, if McGlenn and, uh, and A.Q. Shipley, because, you know, I don't, I don't know whether they're able to deal with it mentally uh, or physically, for that matter, with those guys, but... Uh, but well, you know, the Eagles are blowing smoke when they tell you that um, you know that, that that Cole is still the starter and he's not working there during the practice. Come on, 
Kevin Cobb's just starting. You don't think they're going to have him working with his center as much as possible? Please. That was Please. my argument. But, gee, what do you think about Kevin Mawai? I wrote this for, for gcob.com about a month, month and a half ago. What's, I know he's 39, and I know he's not what he was. He's not going to make any mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Mawai come, come in and do the job. And I, I think they're thinking with regards to somebody like Mawai, uh, they could hire, they could go ahead and, and, and sign him late. Uh, they, they give these guys all the shot they want, you know, let them have the camp because they don't need Mawai in there for the camp. They let these guys see if they can do the job. So I think that's what they're doing. They're going to take up the camp. Um, it, but I think as, as it gets into the camp, if they see there's a problem, I think you might see Mawai or whoever else they can find that has shown that they can feel confidence in because you can't have your center making mistakes. You know, uh, I, I was out there this week. You got the center snapping the ball over Kevin Cobb's head and stuff. Look, <laughs> listen, you can't have that, man. This is the Keystone Gee, Cobb. This, they actually, hey, I'm away. telling you, some of those practices, it, it was it was pathetic, some of the practices. But you got all these rookies. And, and uh, you know, and I rolled up, there was a two-minute drill that they had the last practice. And I tell you, Kevin has not shined, man. He, has, he hasn't shined. And I, wa- I want to see him. And I know he's anxious because... Really, he came to the rookie OTAs because the mini camp didn't go well. So then he comes to the OTAs, and of course, that was probably a mistake if he's expected <laughs> to get out there with those rookies, knowing they got all these mistakes they're going to make, and, and it got sloppy, and it was hot, and you know the guys are losing concentration, and so for a while there, bad snaps, people jumping offside, drop balls, you know, passes thrown poorly. You know, it, it, it wasn't pretty. And so uh, the, the last day they did the two-minute drill, Kevin Cobb goes in there. He's driving him driving down a little bit. Boom, ball tipped. Interception. Michael Vick up. Uh, he drives him. Hey, long pass, touchdown. <laughs> and then also uh, the kid, Mike Kafka, drove him a little bit, but he got a pass knocked down there uh, at the end. He, he almost got the ball to um, Riley Cooper on, uh, on a, a deep seam route. But uh, 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 Trevard Lindley knocked the ball down, and that was the end of the drill. But, you know, uh, I, I know Kevin is anxious to get in and go out and look the way he's supposed to be looking because he's not looking the way he's supposed to be looking. But it's early, and nobody panicked. But, you, but the thing is, I don't like the fact that nobody even writes about it. I'm standing there looking at it. Why don't, I, I don't see any other guys even write about it in the paper. I mean, come on, that's... Well, let me ask you this. Gee, let me ask you this. Kind of two Actually, Jake, Jake, can we get to that on the other side? I've got I to gotta take a break real quick. But I want to get back to this because there's still more Eagles to talk, uh, and, and we'll definitely talk more Kevin Cobb, but we do have to take a quick break. Uh, this is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll be right back with more Eagles stuff. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There will be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join host Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. Hi, we're back here on G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, along with... G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth and Jay, go ahead. We were talking a little Kevin Cobb. Did you get a question? Well, it's more, I know what I think about this, um, but I want to kind of position it this way, and I can only position it by directing it to you, G. You've been there. You've experienced it. When you go, when you're a part of these OTAs, I guess the question is, the way you were describing a lot of rookies, a lot of mistakes, is that typical for an OTA when you have so many, so many rookies out there? Is that pretty much what you expect? Out of the OTAs is your time to get those mistakes out, so naturally it's going to look sloppy. And then B, 
you know, kind of playing off that. Is that can we attest part of that to why Kevin Cobb looks shaky and the fact that he didn't have his veterans out there? Perhaps it could have been timing. Perhaps it could have been not running the right routes. Perhaps I mean, there's a whole myriad of, of potential excuses, if you will, or reasons that he looks sloppy. Can we point it all on him? I, I think you hit it right on the head. And in fact, I wrote an article on gcob.com about the fact that. You know, a system quarterback like Kevin Cobb, it, is it good for him to be out there at the rookie? Is he getting anything out of it? I mean, because you've got guys making mistakes. You can't throw the route on time when the kid's not coming out of his break properly and, and he's not running the route properly, you know. So you've got all that going on. So without a doubt, it affects him. That's why I think he's anxious, and I wrote that, 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 that he's anxious to um, get the veterans in and you know that you can throw the ball, you know where guys are going to be. But this, this lets you know, though, that it's going to be very important that, you know, the, the guys are going, to, are going to need to stay healthy. Kevin Cobb is going to need help, meaning that, that he's going to need quality players along with him. He's not going to be able to a few guys go down to just make it happen because he's a system quarterback. He needs the guy to be where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there uh, because he needs to be able to throw the ball on time. He's not going to be able to get out of rhythm and just, just gun it in there anyway. No. He needs to be able to uh, get the proper blocking where he can drop back, throw the ball on time the way it was drawn up, uh, and, and that definitely is. And, and as for is this the way things are in a rookie camp, yeah, it, it, this is the way things are in a rookie camp, even though I think at times it got, it got bad uh, because of the heat and, and, and some of the guys, and, and I think also because you got so many rookies. I mean, normally you don't have but so you know all these rookies and you have more veterans that are at the camp, but because this team is making such a, a turnover, uh, they've got a lot more rookies, and you got to realize this is going to be a younger team. So some of that will probably show up during the season where you have a game or two where it's just real sloppy uh, because you've got young guys. And so uh, it, it'll be interesting. And, you know, defensively you're going to see guys making mistakes at times. They'll do it now. They'll do it during the season. That's what rookies do. So, uh, but the, the thing they've got to do is hustle. And, and use their quickness and their speed because they're going to have a fast team. They're going to be small uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, then, you know, I, I, you, know, you know what I said about Kevin Cobb, how he's a system guy, and he's going to need guys there uh, playing well. If they don't play well, uh, they're not going to win, meaning that if you don't have uh, the wide receivers, if they're dropping balls because they're not going to be able to drop back and boom, it's touchdown. No, they're going to have to work. It's going to be four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen plays sometimes to score. So you're looking at a different team. Now, G, you had mentioned too. Now, I want to know to this end. This is this is true also with Cobb's demeanor. And I know obviously people are starting to make it. You know, say, oh, he's much harder on himself. It's much more rigid. Whereas Donovan was joking around, cracking what. Is it, we, we can't really tell how his teammates are reacting to that at this point, correct? Because they are rookies and they probably just want to shut their mouth and do well. Is it, so it's kind of tough to tell how the team reacts to that at this point? Yeah, I, I think it's early. And I, I think, uh, you know, Kevin is looking for himself. He's going to find the, the way he wants to do things. And I think uh, he's pressing a little bit, you know, because he wants to prove to everybody, look, you know, I can, I can do the job. And so that's, you know, why he's got to, you know, just like we were talking about with, with, with the, the baseball, as a, as a quarterback, you can't press things. Look, if the guy's not open – you can't just force it in there. The guy is not open. and uh, You can't throw the ball too early. You've you got to let the guy get open. You, you know, um, 
sometimes the play breaks down, hey, let's go to the next play. You can't make something happen. The play's not there. And Kevin doesn't have the athleticism to be out there taking off on uh, scrambles thinking he's going to make something happen. No, he's probably going to get his head knocked off because <laughs> he's not going to be running away from people. You know, he's not as fast as McNabb. On, on but the he's more mobile than he's not as fast. quarterback, is he not? He's What's a little that? bit, maybe. Well, I mean, because I, all I remember from him coming out is not that he was his mobile quarterback, but he did when he was playing at Houston, he did have some legs. Granted, nope. it was a good system for him, but I would have but to no, think he's Jay, more mobile than your Jay. statue quarterback. It, when we watched him in training camp, even last year, uh, G, if you remember, it wasn't just like sliding around to make something. He started really running around as though he could. He was running in a way that he shouldn't be running. That was a really? concern to me. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. You know, he, he, he can slide and different things. But I'm talking about where you're going out there and you're trying to scramble. You know, uh-huh. realize, look, I, I'm not going to be running away from these defensive players. I'm, you know, he might be able to outrun some defensive tackles. They can't out. The defensive ends in the league or running, you know, four sixes. Kevin's a four eight guy. He's a four eight guy, you know, which is not bad, you know, for for an average person. But it's it's not, you know, NFL speed. But the pressing mentality does scare me a little bit. And perfect example with Donovan. You remember in two thousand one when they beat the Bears uh, in, at Soldier Field, and it was a close game, and Donovan threw a pick six to Jerry Azuma. He immediately looked over at the bench, smiled real big, and tapped his chest like. Yeah, I screwed that up. And people want to get on him for laughing about stuff like that, but to me, he's forgotten about it. That could be a concern with Cobb if he throws something like that and all of a sudden he goes into a mental hole where he can't come out and play effectively well, the rest you know, of the game. And, and Andy and Marty have talked to him about that, which is fine. Hey, you know, uh, we want you to, you know, that's great. You, you, you want the best. You want to play the best and everything. But we know in every sport we've seen guys that have overdone that which is uh, you've got a hitter who's breaking bats and throwing stuff. Look, you made an out. Think about what you did. You can't, you can't go crazy or you're not going to be any good the next time you go out there. So same thing as a quarterback. You start pressing, you, you know, you, you, you're inaccurate. Uh, you, you, you're, uh, all of a sudden your technique is out, uh, you know, out of kilter. And, you know, you've got to keep level-headed uh, because, you know, a lot of times some things are going to happen. You might as well know that's the NFL. You are going to get intercepted sometimes. Sometimes you are going to lose, you know, and, and, uh, and so that's why you have to keep an even keel because, remember, you could. We're never going to know what to remember. We now are never going to know. We lost. We get, just remember. Uh, 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 the cliffhanger. You're going to wait until to find out, too. Oh, that's my God. And now, oh, well, you know what? That's fine because we're coming to the end of the show anyway. Uh, I want to thank G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth, as always. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you guys on our Friday night, getting ready for the week. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your memorial. Can I make a quick point? Can I just make a quick point to you? Be be very We have 10 seconds. Okay. Check this out. Phillies just had a runner on first. Instead of punting him over, they just decided to swing away in the ground and do a double play. Charlie Manuel needs to understand, bunt it over, get the first run, and destroy the hex. Answers my point right there, Michael Warren. Close the show. I appreciate that, Jay. Look, we'll see you next week on GCOM Now on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Have a great weekend, everybody.
Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.